This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 90th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great. How are you, Cameron? I'm doing well. I I think that's the first time I've done the intro without even a speck of note in front of me. Even if I don't type it out, usually I have like just a couple things to remind me. But I think I got it all right, except I realized, obviously, uh, right as I got into it, that I didn't know what episode this was. <laughs> and uh, Producer Cameron's nod said, yep, it's 90. Thank you for being prepared, Producer Cameron. Uh, but I'm doing well. I got a little sun today. Um, yeah, you look a little toasty. Getting ready for Memorial Day weekend, so it's nice to be out in the, the nice weather and Get ready for barbecue in season, mm-hmm. even though it's going to be rainy this weekend. But yeah, I barbecued uh, yesterday. Ah, even ready for barbecue in season. Mm-hmm. Yes, I uh, we're back in the studio today. Um, I drove my car here, so that means it's fixed. The brake is fixed. The ABS system is fixed, and I thought it was going to be like a new ABS module, but they were like, oh, "You need some new belt, thirty bucks." Wow. It's like, well, that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> so that was. That was prime. Uh, you'll have to give me the name of that shop later. So. I actually will. I'll, I'll hook you up. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, because you never know when you, when they, you take that, your car someplace. It's always like that. Yeah. Little mom and pop shop, it's, it's, it's prime. Nice. As someone who enjoys cars but doesn't know how to fix anything about them, typically, uh, it's always just kind of rolling the dice when you take it to a place. And you're like, uh, there's something wrong. Please fix it, and please be honest. If you would, that would be great. Well, I know we used to drive the same kind of car. I won't uh, try to say any bad names. I won't say the the brand name, but I know we used to drive this the same kind of car, and I used to take it to that dealership for stuff sometimes. I'm never doing that again. I can tell yeah. you that there's they upcharge everything. It's insane. Yeah, well, that's where that's they make probably their money. probably any dealership. Yeah. But. Um, it's been not the super great news week, but we have some news items to talk about probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode um i guess we'll start it off with xavier penson almost definitely it sounds like apparently he announced on instagram that he is back folks so that's great that is great i didn't actually see him saying it or hear it but everybody's pretty much acting like it's confirmed yeah so we're going to treat this as confirmation until we hear otherwise which we most likely will not hear yeah, some of the beat writers are, are doing their sources are telling me kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people said that they saw his Instagram live where he indicated that he would probably be returning. So, And, you know, he's kind of dropping some hints here and there that we've we've talked about. So Anybody who knows anything about basketball knew he was coming back anyway. So. That's that's definitely true, Cameron. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there was a little bit of, of, a, of a panic whenever we found out that uh, Drew Bugs was being recruited by Missouri. Um <clears throat> and he, you know, said in an interview with Power Mizzou that he was being recruited to come in and run the offense. So 
obviously we immediately start thinking, well, we already have people that can run the offense. So why is this guy coming in? But um, it's that, so that was probably a little bit of a false alarm, but I think it was worthy of at least a thought, you know, um, are we going to have some roster turnover? Uh, but um, Drew Bugs is um, just going to provide probably some depth and um, pro- we'll see what kind of role he carves out, but um, he's probably not going to start. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually interesting. Um, I want to circle back around to Xavier Pinson and what he brings to the table next year uh, as a junior. But since you brought up Drew Bugs and kind of where he fits into everything, Pinson plus Drew plus Drew, um, do you see them being on the court all together at the same time very often? I mean, I'll let you answer, but uh, who who's going to put the ball in the basket you know, in that situation, but also who's going to put the ball in the basket if those guys are not on the floor. Drew. Um, I, I don't see that happening very often. Um, I just, I think we have enough like wing type players uh, to where we really don't need more than two of those players being on, a, 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 being on the court at the same time, but you never know. I'm sure that it'll happen at some point, but I don't really see why that would be necessary. I could see a situation where Drew Bugs is does end up being relied on to run the offense, um, and then X and Drew Smith are, you know, sent out to the wing a little bit more to play off the ball. But I don't know. I think we will see some instances, maybe some special situations where a three ball handler lineup will be utilized. Um, yeah, I think you definitely have to kind of just get the the number system out of your mind, uh, the, right. the one, two, threes and all that, um, and just really really think about it as positionless basketball. Maybe if the other team's pressing and you want more ball handlers on the floor or something like that, I'm sure we'll see some kind of scenario where all three of them could be on the floor. Yeah, having basically three point guards and then two forwards um, on the floor would be... I mean, that sounds fine with me as long as, like I said, as long as somebody can put the ball in the basket. And so if if uh, Penson and Drew Smith are getting into the lane and uh, making open jumpers when given the opportunity, then, you know, you maybe don't need as much uh, ball handling or uh, offense creation out of those two. Um, and they can maybe look to create their own shot if Drew Bugs is the one that's creating shots for everybody else. Um, but you still have Mark Smith um, as a wing type guard, not really a primary ball handler, but you know he's gonna as long as he's shooting the ball decently, he's gonna get his minutes. We know Conzo loves his defense, so um, yeah, I think with the addition of Drew Bugs, um, we might see one. You know, Mark Smith, Torrance Watson, Javon Pickett. I gotta think one of those three guys maybe just sees the floor a little less. Um, than they they have in the past year or two, um, and you know, assumingly that's probably Torrance Watson. But unless we just really get creative with uh, with the lineup, but um, that's a lot of guards, um, and none of which, obviously, some of those, you know, Drew Smith and, and Xavier Pinson. Outside of that, none of those guys are, are blowing you away. So right. might just kind of be the hot hand. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw recently the little kind of highlight reel that the Mizzou Hoops accounts tweeted out or or posted uh, with Drew Bugs, and they kind of uh, put him into making plays. They used video of him making plays, and then 
he would like pass the ball and then Mitchell Smith would catch it and dunk it or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Even without the hairstyle <laughs> and uh, the visual appearance, it looked exactly like Drew Smith. Mm-hmm. It looked exactly like the plays he's made already this past season for Missouri. So just from that little highlight reel, not really diving too deep into film, it looks virtually like two of the exact same player. And uh, their Kimpom profiles kind of back that up a little bit with Drew Smith being more efficient as a, a shooter. But I don't know. It's just interesting to you know, be basically a little bit redundant in that area and i think which perfectly explains why i think we were maybe a little bit panicked about some potential roster turnover because i it is redundant but you know maybe maybe we'll uh we'll see we'll be surprised and you know how they how they use uh a certain lineup yeah uh people that don't turn the ball over though is always nice and uh if penson can you know have that scoring punch that he had at the end of last season then um he we're going to want him on the floor as much as possible so speaking of him um it kind of an interesting journey that he's had so far in his career at mizzou was under recruited out of high school we all know that many teams uh will look back and wish they had offered him and wish they'd uh, recruited him harder he ended up at missouri and basically his whole time here if you polled random mizzou fans they would probably kind of always have him on their short list of players that may not complete all four seasons at mizzou and even though every step of the way he's reassured them that he's going to be a tiger and loves conzo martin loves the way he's been coached at missouri um and there were some things he said this past season around the time that Mario McKinney transferred that kind of solidified that in my mind, at least that unless he's going pro, I don't see him uh, leaving Missouri early as far as a transfer goes. Um, and then for him to declare the way he did and it be pretty much assumed, you know, he's not going to be an NBA draft pick, but could garner enough interest from an overseas club or the G league or something like that, that maybe he actually would go pro um, to now coming back and being, dare I say, the focal point of the offense next season? I mean, is that too much to say? That I don't think so, no. I mean, <clears throat> think about the strides that he made just within his sophomore season and then also from his freshman season to his sophomore season. Um, you know, not saying that you can expect another jump like that, but if he can just continue to improve, um, he was already the focal point of the offense at the end of the of his sophomore year. So I, I just expect him to continue working hard. Um, and now he kind of knows this is kind of my team right now. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I don't think that that's um, crazy at all to say that, that he is the kind of the focal point of the offense of maybe the whole team and at I this don't, point. Yeah, and I don't think he um, has ever lacked confidence, but he knows there's no questioning what he can do against sec competition because he showed it down the stretch last year so that extra confidence having an entire junior and potentially senior year i think we're maybe underestimating what his career at missouri could look like when it's all said and done and just you know i don't want to get too terribly excited for what's to come when it's so in doubt all the time 
but I think he, out of anybody on the roster right now, has the best opportunity to, you know, have a career that's looked back on as being one of the best in quite a while. Mm-hmm. You want me to pull up this tweet about uh, returning production? Oh, sure. Uh, that was Matt Harris, a great follow on Twitter. If you're listening to this, you probably already follow him on Twitter, but he's with Rockham Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've... Uh We've cited his tweets here fairly often recently, but um, he uh, did a little research on um, returning production in the SEC, and he said, with Xavier, Xavier Pinson back, here's a snapshot of Mizzou's returning production and uh, SEC rank. Um, they're going to rank third in minutes um, minutes returning, first in, in uh, possessions, first in shots, first in uh, three-point field goals made, first in points, uh, first in assists, first in steals, and then they're pretty well ranked in a couple of other ca- other categories as well. So all that to say, uh, Missouri really has a lot of, of production returning. Um, you can say that it's exciting. You could also say it's not that exciting because the players that are returning, a lot of them haven't uh, been that great. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, so, uh, they've been young. They've, they have maybe have had time to develop a little bit. Um, but either way, Missouri has a lot of experience coming back next year with Xavier Penson returning. Did I hear you correctly? First in three-point field goals made returning? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what you said. I, I, I kind of was like, interesting when I read that, but yeah. let me double check. Because that would be surprising. I don't know. It just maybe could be a little bit coincidental <clears throat> just with the players that departed the SEC. First in three-point field goals made. So 86% of their three-pointers that were made last year are returning. Those players are returning. And that's the best, that's That's the highest percentage returning of any SEC team. Yeah, that makes sense. Still a little surprising. But uh, I guess when when your only departure is Reed Nico, then you're, you know. Exactly. uh, So, so. Who, why isn't it 100%? Well, Trey Jackson. Okay, yeah. uh, Mario McKinney. I can't imagine he made very many threes, but. (laughs) Well, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Reed Nico made 15% of Missouri's threes last year. <laughs> Not quite. Oh, man. Yeah, we are. How quickly we forget about players that transfer out. That's why we have to have a segment every once in a while to try to remember already. them. Yeah. Uh, that's all great news, though. Xavier Pinson, uh, can't wait to watch him next year and hopefully the year after. Um, Mizzou basketball has been very busy on the recruiting trail um let's see here we had some recent offers doled out um a gentleman named james graham from milwaukee wisconsin he is a 6-9 forward uh he was offered recently and looks like he also has offers from maryland florida state among others mm-hmm. yeah some of those high major offers i think have come in the last month or two but yeah he's kind of an interesting prospect he's not super highly ranked um <clears throat> but he's kind of a versatile forward type player um, kind of reminded me a little bit of kobe brown um can shoot a little bit um he's not like super explosive but you know he he definitely shows that he he can maneuver he can he can shoot decently so might develop into a, a nice college basketball prospect for sure of course, uh, class of 2021 there. 
Um, we also, I don't think we've talked about David Joplin from Brookfield, Wisconsin. Another forward, uh, he's 6'7". And let's see. Looks like maybe Butler. Uh, Butler, Georgetown, UNLV. Uh, some offers there along with Missouri. Again, a very uh, according to the recruiting websites and such, they he's a very basically an unranked player at this time. So he seems to me as a um, a pretty good candidate to potentially that that I think Missouri will take more seriously, or um, I think they'll probably make him a priority. We'll see. Maybe maybe it's not a bad idea to uh, target some of these uh, unranked guys that maybe could be a diamond in the rough. Uh, but going from unranked to, let me find him here, top 20 in the nation. <laughs> it's uh, like they do seem to offer like the totally unknown or like the top 10, <laughs> like yeah. five-star players. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, Missouri has an offer out to Patrick Baldwin, uh, number three in the country uh, in the class of 2021, but also a new one to Peyton Watson. Uh, again, a forward wing player. He's listed at 6'7 uh, from Long Beach, California. Interestingly, same high school that Drew Bugs attended, although it doesn't appear, if, if I'm thinking about this correctly, they, they wouldn't have overlapped at all. And even if he did come to Missouri, they would not overlap here because Drew Bugs is a graduate transfer. Uh, but number 18 in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, number seven small forward, and the number one player in the state of California. He's a five-star recruit, listed at 6'7", offers from Arizona, Washington, Arkansas, Arizona State, and Georgetown. That makes a lot of sense, right? I don't know. I, I would, it would make sense. I mean, the Drew Bugs connection is like so tenuous at best that oh, that, that can't have anything to do with it. Mm-mm. If they you know, had played together and then would play together, then that makes more sense. That would make a lot more sense, and I would be like, "Oh yeah, maybe there's a connection there." You know, mm-hmm. get him on board. But the number one player in the state of California, I don't Super know, maybe random. maybe there's some ties from when Conzo was in was at Cal. Maybe he, you know, got some relationships with some high school coaches that are close with this guy with this kid. You know, maybe something like that. Maybe. <laughs> I just don't really know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, sign me up for top 20 mm-hmm. if he wants to come to Missouri. And then I think there was another recent offer. Uh, Legend Greeter. No, Geeter. No R. There, only one R at the end. Legend Geeter. He's um, probably the lowest ranked player of all their recent offers i would say is he is he a michigan or wisconsin guy michigan okay there are a lot of their recent offers have been to those two states uh, they like those like that big 10 country for some reason yeah uh let's see here uh if you can believe it he's a six seven forward <laughs> seems to be a trend there also holds holds offers from central michigan detroit eastern michigan kent state so Missouri, one of the first, uh, maybe the first, looks like Power Five uh, school to give him an official offer. He uh, they actually 
Parmazoo published an article about this guy, I think today, um, and they got some quotes from him that he was just genuinely surprised to get an offer from Missouri. I guess they had, you know, talked a little bit the last couple of weeks, didn't really know a whole lot about him, and then they got the offer. So, Well, if you are a 6'7 forward in the class of 2021, watch out because you will probably get offered by Missouri <laughs> any day now. Especially if you live in the northern part of the United States. Yes. So that gives Missouri, according to 24-7 Sports, I think 24 mm-hmm. offers. I, I think there's one more that... Um, they offered in the last few days i don't know if you were you done with guys that you had written down yeah go for it there was one more uh his name is logan landers and he is like a 610 forward from uh, wisconsin um i watched a little bit of his film he's an interesting prospect and looks to me like a guy who will go to a higher program than missouri but because he is very mobile for a 610 guy and shoots a three pretty well um, I'm honestly a little bit surprised he's not high or higher ranked than he already is, but um, you never know. Um, that would be <clears throat> a great prospect, I think, to get involved in. Is anytime you can get a six ten guy that can stretch the floor and can move really well, I'd, that's a seems like a pretty interesting prospect. So, yeah, I was looking down through uh, Missouri's offer list according to twenty four seven Sports, and it's kind of interesting that. It's top 100 guys for the most part, and then not ranked. Which is literally opposite from what we've talked about. It seems to be what makes the most sense. You know, I I think Missouri makes their living off of a Torrance Watson-like recruit. Well, and Anton Brookshire is the only one that really falls into that category, Mm -hmm. and he's committed. And obviously, Torrance Watson probably hasn't really lived up to his ranking, but I guess what I meant by that is a player in his ranking. I think he was a top 150, top 100 type player, especially one from, you know, from Mm -hmm. in-state. Missouri, I think, has got to make their money on, um, you know, three, four-year players um, like that. But, yeah, these offers don't really seem to match that at all. But, hey, we're not the experts. That's true. Um, Now, you can definitely find – and this is still the class of 2021, so there's time for – these rankings to shift quite a bit. There's time for guys to get discovered. However, um, if there's not much AAU ball this summer, then the rankings are going to be a bit static. And I thought about that actually with all the uh, um, COVID stuff going on. You know, you might see uh, the big schools kind of stick to the rankings a little bit more than they usually do. Kind of like we saw with the NFL draft, um, those lower diamond in the rough players might not have as good of a chance to be discovered with less um, activity going on. Yeah, that'll be actually something to keep to keep an eye on because I think we might also see, because there will be less discovery happening, there'll probably be less, there'll be, probably be fewer offers going out, you know, uh, throughout the course of the summer. Um, so maybe players will, it'll be more extreme as far as committing early um, and then waiting a really long time hoping that they can get you know their full senior season in before they have to make a decision so yeah the timeline of things gets really messed up and uh, hampers recruiting in general when you can't do uh, in-home visits or uh, official visits out to come see campus so several things there to keep an eye on um, if I had to maybe pick a few guys that i think 
Missouri should really go after really hard. Obviously, we got to talk about Tamar Bates. Um, now with IMG Academy, so he is not going to be close to home uh, for his senior season. Yeah, I think that makes him a, a much more difficult get. But really, he's the only one that really jumps out at me. There's a couple uh, Michigan guys, but it's so hard to really it's it's hard to for me to really get excited about a Michigan guy when they have offers from Michigan State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just such a difficult proposition for me to get behind. Yeah, I basically am like, oh, he's from Michigan, okay. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's it's as much excitement as I put into it right there is like, okay, well, probably not, probably not leaving the state. Yeah. So one, yeah, one that sticks out to me is Kobe Bufkin, mm-hmm. um, which is would be amazing yeah. to land uh, land him. He's a very talented player, and he's kind of in the mold of what we typically describe as where you, you know, the bread and butter for a program like Missouri. He's ranked ninety first, uh, four star, but he's the number one player in the state of Michigan, and that just from a reputation standpoint. It's Michigan and happen. Michigan State do not let those guys leave. Nope. So, I don't know. It's uh, you. You mentioned to me uh, off the podcast that you'd pay a lot of money to be able to just talk to, uh, not even like for our show or anything, just to be able to sit down and have a conversation with the coaching staff and just really have them flesh out their recruiting strategy. Yeah. And, Whenever you're ready to make an offer, like really take me through. Yeah why this but this particular player like I, I would really like to know their process for like okay how do we discover talent that we think we have a good shot at and i would re- i just would really like to know like what that process looks like what who they decide they want to offer that kind of stuff and like maybe how, how far out do they think you know these resources that the, the allocation of these recruiting resources and stuff like that yeah, I mean, you, you got to think that that's really, really well thought out. Yeah, but it'd be incredibly fascinating, specifically with this coaching staff, just because of the, how they operate, and we don't have any idea what's going on, and commitments come out of nowhere, and offers come out of nowhere. Um, but I mean, I guess if if any of our listeners know uh, a, a former coach or something like that that uh, is experienced with recruiting, uh, even at a, on a smaller level, um, you know, let us know and. If there's a way for us to get in touch with them, that'd be really cool to kind of pick their brain. If they're not actively on the recruiting trail, then it wouldn't cause too much of a stir, I wouldn't say, but that'd be really cool. Speaking of uh, COVID-19, did you see that the NCAA approved players voluntarily, I guess, return can return to campus, uh, I guess, June 1st? Yeah, June 1st. For, uh, I guess, football and basketball players both can return to campus to start doing some team activities and workouts. So it's kind of interesting that we've talked a few times about we've seen uh, some videos online of the basketball team, at least several members of the basketball team working out together in an unofficial capacity. And there's a sort of a common sense aspect of it that if these guys are, you know, together anyway with a private trainer uh private coach in a random gym does is there really any harm being done by having them on campus working with the actual coaching staff mm-hmm. and there's probably more testing and not testing but more like <clears throat> precautions being yeah, taken than it's normal. a much more controllable situation yeah. uh 
on campus in the official facilities than it is wherever these guys are practicing in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me and, uh, making it voluntary. Um, you know, I, I still don't think we're quite at the point where you can require players mm-hmm. to be participating in these activities. You might not play in the fall, but <clears throat> at least yeah. you have your choice of, <laughs> of coming to campus. Uh, yeah. And it, those, what the NCAA says it also, you know, doesn't mean anything if, states or counties or um you know whatever municipality that can trump whatever the ncaa says so if they're just not allowed to have the gyms open yet because of the local government then it doesn't matter what the ncaa says you're not going to be practicing or anything Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you've noticed uh one member of the football team in particular has been really outspoken on twitter Uh, about this whole thing and that is daniel parker jr he's very active on twitter and he's just kind of been giving his thoughts every once in a while um and it's just kind of interesting to see sort of what's going through his head and that's probably i mean there's no reason to think that that's not a pretty that his opinions are pretty commonly held amongst college athletes and just to kind of paraphrase uh several tweets it seems like he kind of has an attitude of why, why, is it, why are we so eager to resume football activities? And he seems to think that it's because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that's the case. Um, nobody's clamoring to have, I don't know. I don't want to throw any sport under the bus, but uh, non-revenue sports are not really being talked about the way football and basketball are, especially football since the next season mm-hmm. of those two to come up. So I can see where he's coming from. I mean, he's the one that's physically going to be out there doing it. Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of interesting to see him so outspoken and engaging with Twitter followers, um, some of whom uh, don't care, are much more interested in just seeing basketball or seeing football being played on the field than anything else. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, he he seems concerned, and I I think that's reasonable. And like you said, considering he's the one that's actually going to be um, you know, interacting with people that are traveling and people that are interacting with other people who've been traveling and all that stuff. Um, that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I also think that if we really want football to happen, which I, I think everybody would agree that, you know, we would like football to happen in the fall. Um, we kind of need to start moving on it now. And, uh, that's, I guess the unfortunate part is, you know, we might be taking a little bit of a risk here. Um, but we've, we, really probably do need to kind of start moving that direction and figuring it what figuring out what it's going to look like because um, football season in the grand scheme of things really isn't that far away right and a lot more goes into it than just playing the games on saturday and so we we got to start getting prepared now to be able to be ready by then so and i think part of that preparation on the team's part is start educating the players on the actual risks mm-hmm. i think if you're being open and honest with them about the science and the statistics i think that actually plays in your favor because of what it looks like for people under the age of 30 mm-hmm. um so i think if teams sort of led with some transparent transparency and honesty towards the players and you know this is why we're able to do this because of what the statistics say then i think that may be part of the problem in this specific situation is nobody really knows what to think about the reality of the risk right now. Mm -hmm. So I think if that were communicated directly to the players um, in a way where they could trust that you're not just 
telling them something to get them back on the field, yeah, then maybe that would go a long way. Mm-hmm. Any other new? Any other big news items? This is going to be a record uh, short episode, but uh, there just really wasn't that like. Not a lot going on that, right now. That bombshell news story that we could spin a whole segment out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, we're nearing the end of May, so obviously uh, getting close to uh, the summer and kind of thinking about football, getting a little bit closer to the football season. So, you know, I, I think in the next few weeks maybe we'll we'll kind of start talking about some football, and I know that people would love to talk about that. Yeah. Um, there's definitely – some questions on whether we'll play football this fall, but you know, I think that we can definitely, there's things that we can talk about and things we can kind of analyze and and get excited about. Well, we uh, previewed the SEC basketball tournament literally the day before it was canceled. So uh, nothing's going to stop us from previewing the football season. That's true. We were Uh, just trucking right through, weren't we? That's so weird to think about right now. The fact that we were like, Oh, well, they're going to, there's going to be an SEC tournament and, uh, Missouri's going to play Texas A&M, and then it just never happened. They actually played what? Like, wasn't one or two games True. of, like, the opening round yep, played? the opening round was played. And there was fans, yeah. and then no games ever happened yep. after that. <laughs> so crazy. Um, one thing that has been really weird this offseason that we're experiencing right now is uh, that the spring, the spring game didn't happen. Yeah. And normally we would have had a whole episode where we talked about that and um, what it – any hints it can give us towards what's to come in the regular season. So uh, we're thinking about maybe doing something a little bit creative uh, with, uh, since we didn't have a spring game, maybe coming up with a, with a way to maybe analyze one anyway. So yeah. uh, maybe look out for that. And uh, we'll probably just expand our preseason football coverage a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably uh, take a little deep dive into recruiting on probably football and basketball sides both and, so we'll we'll keep churning out the content for you guys in the summer, and I'm sure there'll there'll hopefully be a lot more to talk about in the next few months, and hopefully we'll keep hearing good news about um, the chances of playing football. You said it. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. There it is, right there. That's it. That's just the line. You wanna you wanna tell them where they can find us? It's like I don't even know how to wrap this up. It's so quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find us on uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod. We're on Instagram at Mizzou Sports Pod. We're on YouTube. Um, is that all of my? Is that my line? Did I, did you I got finish it? it? I, yeah, I, I nailed it. Right. Oh, there it is. I knew I was missing something. Mm-hmm. You can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. Hey, he's so the one that said I completed it. So. <laughs> there were so many people waiting to email us, and they're like, oh, they don't what, have email what, anymore. Was that email? <laughs> yeah. Uh, feel free to give us a like, a review, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening, uh, share us with, uh, with your friends, your Mizzou buddies. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week.